Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Pele Network podcast, Decentralizing Big Media. I'm your host, Jordan, also known as Wild Gorshan on Telegram and Discord. And it's really interesting with this mic, you can hear my breath very intimately, almost like ASMR or something. And I have the monitor on my headphones, so I hear it. And I wonder, do I really breathe that loud? So I guess I do. Or I just breathe more when I know I'm recording something that's going out to the world. Who knows? Anyway, my guest today is Roy, also known as Zilliquack in the crypto Zillica circles. And he's over in Singapore. Here's another deep breath. Uh, we've been trying to get this conversation going for quite some time, but with time zones all around the planet, it gets a little difficult. So this was 8 p.m. my time, noon for him, pretty much the only time remotely reasonable for us to talk, but we did it. So hope you enjoy. We talk about we talk about culture in Singapore and language. We talk about uh, crypto communities and Zilliqa and how we both got started and what we think of that. And we talk about Pele Network and its future and what we can do to enhance its marketing and message and really communicate what it is and start making content. So without further ado. Roy, we've been planning on having a little conversation for the Pelecast episodes for a while, but the problem is it is now very late in my day over here in California and just the middle of your day over there in Singapore. So my day day just got started. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're always up late in the Zilliqa chat rooms. Uh, I love the night. The The night is a pretty quiet time unless the baby wakes up but besides that everything is pretty good yeah the babies can be tough in the night so i've always yeah. been curious because you're one of the first i was never really part of the zilica community before we we brought pele network over to zilica and you were one of the first persons people i saw and i just saw you in every chat room everywhere um just all over the place like a community maximalist and I think I saw you mention once that you you do something with with the NF NFDs with the non fungible oh, ducks. Yeah, the ducks, the duck team. Um, the the ducks started out as kind of a, it was a trend at this at this moment in time. At the beginning, there was a, there was a rush for the ducks when they when they first launched. So uh, it's. I can't quite recall why there was this craze, but uh, people started uh, minting really crazily, and then um, uh, it turned out it turned from a meme into into something uh, that that gave it quite a, a good momentum. And then uh, later on, when I got my first NFT, because I was a bit suspicious or I wasn't into NFTs in the first place, yeah. so when I bought my first duck, I was like, okay, uh, maybe I can make something out of it. So as it progressed on, I found that uh, I could actually use the duck and uh, turn it into my profile pic, and then I turned it into a persona for me to to kind of drive the narrative uh, on the community. And I think I think it's gone on quite well from there on. So besides ducks, of course, uh, I'm not just a, a duck. Uh, pro- pro- uh, I don't just propose uh, for us to just follow the ducks, but um, generally, it's also 
to push the whole community and to push the whole ecosystem in general. Yeah, because uh, there had been quite a very there has been a, a season where um people were not pretty happy with the price, you know, and there was a lot of fuds and complaints, you know, and unhappiness. But if you look at it from a, a bigger picture, everything is pretty much remained the same internally. It's just the price that has been driving emotions up and down. Hmm. Yeah. So, so, you, uh, so you're on a duck team. No, I'm not on the duck team. Oh, right? I mean, okay. I'm on the duck. Uh, I am helping out with the duck Discord uh, and the duck uh, um, uh, group chat moderation. Yeah, but I feel that like is you only... help like all the teams with that. Uh, it's only the ones that I I really uh, made. I'm really into. Uh, invest, I'm invest, heavily invested in. Uh, we'll yeah, say so that I'm, in actually, I'm heavily invested in, in <laughs> okay, my, I'm just gonna dox my bags. So I'm heavily invested in carbs and, and ducks. Yeah. yeah. So these are the two projects that I love. Not I'm not saying that the rest are not good or, or I don't like them. Like for example, like XCAT. I know that XCAT is pretty good. Uh they they are in uh, content, they are in the creator economy, they call it, but I am not so much into YouTube and, and content creation, so I do not know. Uh, I do not know, and I'm not really interested in finding out more. I mean, to each his own. So for me, uh, Carp was something that I uh, I found pretty stable project, and Ducks was something I found fun. And the team is pretty young, and they're also pretty a fun bunch. So they kind of clicked with me. That's why I decided to just stick on. So uh, when I came in at around May, June, it was uh, it was quite a peak period where you know dogecoin was the the, the thing now it's shiba you know but dogecoin when dogecoin was hot uh that's that kind of got me into the whole crypto thing so i wasn't supposed to be in Zilliqa, but when the market started like crashing from from the, the may and the june highs that's when i decided to swap out all my uh other coins into Zilliqa. so that, that started my journey inside here so yeah. you're so, you're new to crypto this year yeah, yeah it's only this year I mean, it sounds like I have been doing this for like like ages, but it's only because I'm I compensate the time in terms of my my daily exposure to the community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your knowledge and uh, I guess experience and just what I saw when I see you in the carb the carbon holders chat room, mm. uh, you have a very firm grasp on staking how it works rewards uh, i mean these are yeah but staking and all these are pretty um the, the functions function wise if you ask me about how things work i i could pretty much tell uh you how to do it because it's, it's, it's very it's step based okay first you do this next you do that next mm -hmm. you do that so i kind of uh decided that okay this is actually the first step in in uh, understanding the ecosystem knowing the steps to get around and helping others if they want to make it work for them most importantly, I think the ecosystem has to work for you. You know, you have to benefit from it. If you do not know how to get around it, then uh, there's no point in people holding a zeal in the first place. So firstly, you have your zeals. Okay, what do I do? You want to stick? All right, uh, here's how you do it. Uh, if you want a high APR, but you want to expose yourself to the volatility of the projects, software is ERC2. Um, hopefully, uh, the markets are in your favor and you can multiply the zeals. Okay, uh, in the best case scenario, zeal goes up, project goes up, uh, you have a multiplier effect. Uh, and that was something actually I did not realize until uh, CARP started uh, exiting its accumulation phase. You know, there was a point when when CARP went from, when I got in, CARP was like 10, 
and then uh, it went down to four. Uh, we were just backing it up, backing it up. Okay, but the thing about carbon was that it was a pretty quiet group, so people are not really. Uh, thankfully, people are not really complaining and all that. We just we just trudged on, you know, just build, just build, uh, keep momentum going. And then carb swap came by, and then the momentum started building. So I realized that when when uh, Adam announced that oh carb swap was going to launch, um, there was a lot of buzz. Uh, somehow it picked up somewhere. I'm not sure where where the news spread, but it I believe that was the reason why uh, it started to to go kind of I wouldn't say parabolic, but it started to rise pretty quick, and that was when the bags started to broke up yeah. um the beginning the beginning phase of zilica when i invest, when I invested the price was pretty high so i kind of went in 60 percent down yeah but it wasn't until i got into zrc and and the project started to show momentum that i realized all you need is a good hit and you can actually recover everything um that yeah was, that was the yeah, thing yes sure. I mean, it's it's depends on how you look at it, right? But yeah, that's interesting because I mean, when I got into crypto, it was years before there was anything remotely considering a community sentiment that I felt I could be part of. Like when I first learned about crypto, it was basically just Bitcoin and yeah. a bunch of altcoins of just people trying to make a lot of money. But then it was yeah. a few years later that I learned about Ethereum. And I learned, oh, wow, you can do cool things. You can start. Yeah, smart contracts. Right? Yeah. yeah. And more than that, Telegram groups, it started becoming more popular and people would talk about projects. But and all those Telegram groups back in 2017, it was just money, money, money. Like, oh, we're, everyone's just circle jerking like, hey, we're going to all get so rich, you know, our coin to the moon. And yeah, oh, these are ridiculous. What am I, what am I doing here? But I never got to feel like part of a project, even though I had invested in some and I believed in I some, but I never felt like anything personal mm. with the creators, with the devs, with the community. So it, I kind of disappeared from crypto hey. in like 2018 and I just focused on, on buying more Bitcoin uh, and just, you know, focusing on actually... If I didn't do that, I wouldn't have, we wouldn't have got Pelly Network to where it is today. I needed to stay away because yeah. it's distracting. Checking prices yeah. all the time and no, I always keeping up. So, <laughs> so I, I took like two years out of the crypto, like stopped keeping up with crypto. And so I missed the evolution of everything, including Zill. Like I had heard of Zillica and Cameron was working on Zillica and he's a good friend of mine. So he would always kind of give me updates here and there. But then at the beginning of this year, when I realized like we're back and Solana and Avalanche and all, all these all these new tokens were all these new blockchains were coming around. So I never had a chance to explore any other of these communities. So mm -hmm. I we ju basically just jumped into Zillica because it was cheap and easy. Yes. Enough. Precisely. And I see all these chat rooms and real people talking and having healthy discussions and it was really cool and like inspiring and i thought wow i wonder if this actually exists in the same way in other blockchains so yeah, I, there was I don't know this tweet there this tweet by uh crypto uh by this guy he got like 50k followers he was saying that uh some of the best communities and then zilica actually hit the top of the list so it was uh because for me i've only been in this room 
and and this ecosystem ever since I kind of sold out all my Cardano bags and <laughs> all those things. You know, so I went through this. Okay, for one reason is because it is homegrown. I mean, Zilliqa is born in Singapore, yeah. so I kind of feel. Yeah, I, I kind of feel. Uh, That's as, nice, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it feels like you're supporting a homegrown product. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I and also the whole um, straight sex and X, XXGD thing. So it feels it feels apt for me to be part of this ecosystem and no better and it's cheap. Yeah, so there's no other no better place to, to start learning than here. Yeah, and I think the depths are pretty easy to pick up and use as compared to the others that I uh, recently started using. So Zill swap is pretty easy. Just use Zill Pay, connect, and all that. Whereas the others, the the dangers of the, the others, which I kind of got exposed to before as well, uh, kind of makes me wonder how do new people uh, get onto crypto actually explore smart contracts? Because I understand. I mean, I do not know programming and all this, but I know there's like Scylla and, and there's also uh, Solidity and different types of contracts, and also means that the the type of debts that you produce on Zilliqa will be slightly different from the rest. I think there are limitations also. I read I read quite a bit that uh, due to the the security the security features of Scylla, uh, it kind of limits the the functionality of what you can do with it. Yeah. So right. I mean, what one thing I noticed is that unlike uh, perpetual contracts that happens in in other chains, Zilliqa smart contracts are usually just one off from what you do, and then it gets completed and you're done. There is, there is no perpetual contracts that actually tax your wallet to it. So let's say if you stake, yeah, great. I mean, uh, maybe staking is, is something different. Uh, you have uh, your your stuff is with the, the the staking wallet. But other than that, I do not know. I don't think there's anything that works like the other uh, chains. Have you, have you any ideas? I'm you not sure. I mean? I'm not sure. Perpetual contracts, like, uh, okay, what I mean is like those, okay, I have been exposed to a scam contract before whereby uh, the, the spending allowances gets, we were talking about this on the, the GDFI group where the the spending allowances actually is set to kind of unlimited. So the wallets actually have access. So the contract has an access to your wallet, you know, but I don't think that kind of thing applies to the smart contracts and Scylla due to the language. That's what I understand. Okay. I don't know. I, I understand smart contracts as something completely trustless. So you don't, yes. all you need to do is trust the code. So I, I imagine if you okay. didn't, if you don't know the code or you, it hasn't been audited by a trusted party, then yeah, that's right. yeah maybe they can connect to your wallet. I don't know. I know like, yeah. for example, with Scylla. It's actually the- one of the most worrisome things. Even when I'm doing DeFi, uh, when I'm trying DeFi on other chains now, I'm still quite scared. So I still come back to Zilliqa for for the projects and a very very basic uh token uh investing and, and the, the 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 basic way of investing rather than just using the smart contracts and uh for all those DeFi functions yeah i think well i don't know if this was what you were trying to say but i think when those hacks happen the those funds are controlled by a smart contract so it's like you yeah. sending your funds to a smart contract yeah. so then they just find an exploit inside the contract yeah. great this i mean there are many ways yeah there are many many different ways this these things work uh i don't want to to, to spread fear or whatsoever i mean 
high risks, high rewards. Well, hey, man, I mean, it's not, I guess there's always a risk, but this is nothing compared to some of the shit I've witnessed over the last eight years. Like, there are crazy rug pulls, there's yeah. crazy hacks. You know, I had invested in the, the Dow, the original Dow, way back in 2016. And I mean, it's not even a hack. The smart contract was working as it was expected to, but it was an exploit. So mm. it wasn't yeah, supposed yeah. to, you weren't supposed to be able to funnel all the money out into a private wallet. But because I literally think it was because of like a capital T instead of a lowercase T in solidity. Yeah. It was something like that, like super minuscule. But I guess Scylla doesn't allow for, I guess Scylla is a bit more robust and you can have syntactical I don't know if you want to say syntactical errors, but syntactical uh, misunderstandings, and it mm -hmm. won't necessarily result in the ability to be hacked so much. But I think mm -hmm. we're both out of our element talking about smart yeah. contracts. I don't All think right. we're the people to talk about this. Right. So yeah, let's let's move into territory. Let's just, let's just go back to what uh, what I've been doing. So um, in addition to to the duck and the cup team, um, there was once there was a um, there's a there was what can I a lot of uh. A pornographic spam and all this thing happening in one of the other groups was actually the Chinese group. So I went in there and then uh kind of uh uh I can't remember how but eventually I I was uh mid moderator of the group. Um and my Mandarin isn't actually very good. So uh when I was given the opportunity to 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 mod the place I thought okay all I need to do is just clean up the place I did and just um make sure that it doesn't doesn't portray Zilliqa negatively. But I actually got more than what I expected when, when I joined. So uh, first things first, uh, a lot of uh, guys from, from China, or mostly China, they came in asking about the ERC swap. So the ERC swap, as you know, has been kind of a splinter in, in Zilliqa yeah, for a long time. Yeah, yeah, so yeah asking for so Oh my God. God. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wasn't in that phase where they sold in the ERC form and then they missed it. So I think there was like a one year period for people to swap. And hence, um, I kind of did a bit of uh, reading up and realized, okay, that was the, the sale that they did back then. But one thing also um, I helped out was uh, recently, I I had to start communicating in Chinese. <laughs> uh, you, you do know that vocabulary in different languages may turn out differently, especially for, for, for Mandarin. When you have to translate these things, they kind of get a little bit, um, like that lost in translation sometimes. So I had to, I didn't need to to swap myself. So I had to use what I could understand from from uh, the official chat and translate and help the guys over there. So um, one thing I gained um, while being the admin in in the Chinese group was also to improve my mother tongue, Mandarin, and. Uh, it was something unexpected because, uh, I mean, in my professional life, I also deal with a lot of Chinese customers and uh, I think this actually helps and in, and in the long term, I would be uh, required to practice and it gives me more confidence along the way. So um, the ERC the ERC swap apparently uh, on the Zilliqa website, the tokenswap.zilliqa.com seems to have a little problem of late. So, I mean, anybody's watching now who's trying to do the swap. Uh, I believe they should actually try the Zill swap site. There's actually a, a ERC to Ezil swap on e the Zill. Ezil, yeah, that's the 
they call Ethereum it the Ethereum version of Zill. Yeah, yeah, correct. The British Zill. Yeah, so that's actually, the older twenty Zill, right? From the ICO. Uh, uh, okay, so the one that they have, the one that they're holding is the ERC twenty. Yeah. Uh, the original ones that I think can't be transferred and can't be used. And in order for it to be converted into the native Zill, there needs to be a bridge version. So there's two swaps that needs to be done. So I did not understand in the very first place until the, the guy started sharing and they say, oh, I have this problem, that problem. I approve, but the, pop the window's not popping up. Uh, I'm swapping, uh, but I'm not sure how whether they actually are swapping, or whether is it just an approval. And that was or controversial too, right? Because all those native ARC-20 Zill holders, they couldn't sell at the top, like back in April and May, right? Yeah. Like they were stuck. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm not sure whether it was a good thing that they locked it up and, and make it untransferable. I I do not know how the ERC20 version works, but uh, that's what they told me. Like, oh, uh, I couldn't sell it. No, they were locked and they couldn't be transferred out. Because, I mean, if they could, then um, it would have been less problematic, you know. So so what's, uh, your, what's your native tongue? You guys speak English in Singapore? Yeah. Uh, Yes and no. Our language, our medium of instruction will be English. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, if you talk about, touch a bit on the history, um, back then, uh, our main races are Chinese, Chinese Indians, mm -hmm. Malays, uh, and uh, Eurasians. So, uh, we are kind of like a melting pot of all the different migrants. But and it also means that most of our people speak in their own native languages. So, when the government, uh, when Lee Kuan Yew, our forefather founding father is called him uh when he uh when he kind of want to build the nation he decided that english needs to be a common language of uh, communication and instruction so that we are able to compete in the modern world and so it, it turns out it turns like this so you speak yeah. english you're a teacher yeah, yeah. Right? so you speak english yeah, but, to your students yes yes of course and then yeah, what, do you, what do you speak with your family like your wife? Uh, English as well. Okay. And what about your parents? Yeah. Uh, English as well. Uh, we do preserve a bit of our heritage. Uh, our, our dialect. Uh, where's, where's that from? Your dialect? China. Yeah. I mean, oh, our China. dialect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So our four. But I think that was like two to three generations ago. So that's why you're saying like, your Mandarin is not so good right now. <laughs> uh, it, I mean, it doesn't have to be that way because in school, you... In school, we do study Mandarin, we do study Chinese. Um, but uh, the amount of practice that we have is not uh, it's not always there. So the only way that we can get it through is when we speak to others, or for me, when we speak to customers, for, for, for me now, or when I actually type and help people and kind of rehearse the, the, the flow of conversation with, mm -hmm. with them. It's not very easy if you've been speaking. So, okay. So, uh, when you go to school, when I go to uni, most of my conversation is in English. So, that's like four or five years. And then in when I'm speaking in my workplace, uh, that is also, my previous workplace is also another eight, eight years of English generally. And then suddenly, after 10 years of not practicing uh, conversational Mandarin in a workplace, I'm suddenly pushed into a new environment where I have to interact with China customers. But didn't the Chinese ban crypto? So what are they doing in the Zilliqa chat rooms? <laughs> yeah, that is actually what I'm, 
I'm wondering as well. Uh, it doesn't stop them from holding, but I think they're banning the mining. Oh, is that it? Okay. Yeah, yeah I, I. I mean, you can't ban crypto, so I guess that you can't ban crypto. So I think point. it's loosely, loosely put, they are banning crypto, but they are just banning the mining. So that's why most of the Bitcoin mining operations have shifted outside or underground. Yeah. So we do not know how much more mining is happening in China. Uh, they say about twenty percent, which is still quite a large number. Yeah, it's all under the radar now, right? Yeah, it's like super, but uh, I mean, none is going to stop the ch our friends from China to 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 own and dabble in crypto as well. You can't stop them. Yeah, it's decentralized and, yeah, and it, it's everywhere. You, you unless they kind of ban the wallets as well. So I do know that they block MetaMask though. There's no MetaMask. Yeah, they they blocked the MetaMask on uh, uh in China. So a lot of our guys over there had to use firewalls or. Well, I remember when, I think it was like a year ago, maybe a little more, when MetaMask announced they would no longer be open source, uh, unless you were under a certain amount of users, but they became a closed source operation. I think because, you know, big Silicon Valley venture capitalists came in and put in a bunch of money, but it used mm. to be all open source and, you know, community, I mean, essentially community run, that's yeah. the idea, but now it's all uh, much more centralized. But what is the so how what's the context of that in the in the sense of in the case of China then? Uh well the more open source something is, I think the more uh leeway, the more uh freedom mm. there is for developers to get around things like censorship. It feels like that is less of the developers issue but more of the, the access to the extensions. Yeah, well, I don't know exactly how MetaMask uh, closed its source and how much is is closed source. Like I said, I think the license uh, keeps it pretty open source if you're under, like, let's say, 100,000 users per month. But after that, it's more. So I don't know if that's even relevant to the conversation. I just when I think of something like MetaMask being a very helpful tool for most mm. people to get into crypto, and if you don't have MetaMask, it's essentially much more complicated. You could use my Ether wallet and make a key store file and make an mm. app and all, or download the app and all that. But once again, an app can be censored. It can be removed from the app store. Yeah, uh, right. A key store file is just kind of complicated. You have to keep it protected, make sure you have a nice password. Well, I've, not, I've not used key store or JSON files and all that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's not even the best way to do it. You know, you want to really just use a hardware wallet like a ledger or a a nano or Trezor or something like that, uh, or just know your private keys, your 24 words, and just remember that all the time. But a key store file is kind of like uh, a point of uh, vulnerability, right? Because someone else could access it. Ideally, it's encrypted, so you don't have to worry about that. Anyway, point. my point is, is that helpful software like MetaMask, the more available it is to be distributed mm -hmm. in different avenues, then the more helpful it becomes to a, I guess, a society that's being, that that software is being hidden from, or the software that the software helps you access. So MetaMask helps you access Ethereum, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a million ways you can access Ethereum, but MetaMask is a very easy way to do so. So Correct. if you can't use MetaMask, it's harder to access Ethereum. That's my point. But it seems, yeah, but it seems that those pages are pretty limited. Uh, uh, the pages as in the token swap. The token swap page seems to be limited to MetaMask. It says, please connect your MetaMask 
Oh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, in some, yeah, I don't know. I actually was not a part of crypto yeah. when uh, the whole d deck swapping thing came about. So Uniswap and PancakeSwap and SushiSwap, I didn't start using till this year. And it's actually thanks to ZillSwap that I'm even comfortable with it now. But I like how in MetaMask it has built-in swapping now. You don't even have uh, to go to the Uniswap. Yeah, interface. the fees are pretty high still. Yeah, uh, I, but many also have yeah. yeah, I've brought this up before, but I'm not impressed with ZillPay. I appreciate uh, the team for making it, and it's it works like very bare bones. But I can't use my ledger with it. I can't do swaps in it. The interface mm -hmm. is just kind of hard to use. It's yeah. I would love it if there were more attention into making ZillPay better because then I think it would help onboard more users into Zillica as well. Yeah, I found, I mean, I found certain procedures pretty repetitive, uh, like requiring the password to be entered over and over again. Well, that's a setting. Uh, you can change that setting, right? Or are you referring to the mobile app? Maybe not on the mobile the app. The mobile app, yes. Yeah. The, the, uh, actually, I, to that point, I'm actually very impressed with the mobile app. I was referring to the browser extension. The mobile. Oh, uh, the browser extension. Yeah. Well, I actually like the browser extension a little better when it comes to connectivity. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Uh, I use the MetaMask swap uh, uh, because once I have the extensions and, and I'm on ZillSwap, .io, uh, things just run pretty okay already. Uh, the mobile app, uh, there are issues with it. Um, and also, I think. Uh, Renat said something about uh, NFT support and uh, how they were planning to uh, develop further, but I'm not sure how's the progress with that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know that they are pushing dragons quite a lot. <laughs> well, it would just be great if that browser extension could get like a a nice user interface haul. That's just, yeah, like you said, some of the procedures are just repetitive. But uh, I want to push the conversation to... Uh, Back to this weekly update, because you sent me a message. Yeah, last night for me. Yeah. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, no problem. Is, is there something I can put on my phone? Or is it for yourself? Okay. Okay, great, great. All right. Mm. 
Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my my idea was about uh, I'm not sure whether. Uh. Okay. Anyway, my idea was kind of running Pele a bit like a an indie production company where uh. You will be like a, a music label company, or you'll be like a video production company, or uh, maybe even an art. Uh. Okay. Art. agent or something like in that sort so when you produce your output whether is it a song or, or a movie or a piece uh i do not know how nft works i'm just throwing out there that it'll be minted as an F- nft and then uh it can be marketed and sold and and then there'll be royalties based um payment for 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 the artist or for the producer and then uh, on uh on pelis end Uh, once some of the initial startups were requiring requiring them to use Pele as a uh, some initial costs for marketing or for or uh, advisory, yeah, like uh, advertising or maybe you having your own platform to to sell uh, to market to publicize the product. And also, I also touched on something about uh, a spot in the metaverse where you have, maybe you have this Pele Studios where people can come by. And uh, have them share or view or even uh, make transactions on on these products. So having Pele Studio, a uh, visitor comes by, uh, he sees the catalog, uh, he sees uh, what is available, and you will watch. And uh, royalties will be generated from there. You know, in those in those in those sense of word. Yeah. Oh, nice. 
Yeah, that. So, which means it's possible, right, to convert your 2D NFTs into 3D, right? It has to be re-rendered. Yeah. So I was actually discussing that with the duck team as well about how they plan to do that for the metaverse. Yeah. So I'm not sure uh, what's the progress. Like they want to push out Zuko first. So uh, I see that you're talking about a uh, music label uh, and um, some of the what other things that you have actually thought about prior to my uh, text to you last night. Hmm. 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 It moves too damn fast. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. 
That sounds yeah. Uh, I I'm trying to get a get a hang of the last thing that you said. So you're saying, uh, PFT, uh, pay fungible tokens. So it will be a, a ecosystem within. Sorry. Project fungible tokens. Okay. So for each individual projects that that people create within the Pediverse, right? Then they will be able to come up with the tokens that kind of have an ownership, so that the holders have kind of an ownership in that project no okay mm -hmm. mm. Hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you get? I think you get a cut of the fifteen percent. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, runway. Yeah. Hmm.
Yeah, because um coming into this, I I am still get still trying to grasp the idea of, of the direction of the, the the whole thing. So so I'm still digesting about what the, the plan is now. Uh, but I'm getting I'm getting what you're saying. Uh, is this what you said about bootstrapping? Yeah, we consider bootstrapping. Yeah, got it. I understand that. Hmm. 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 Okay. Ah, okay, that I understand. Mm. Yeah, that I understand that. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Mm. But will it always be ensured in good faith though? Will those are you always yes hold it? Okay. Um what I feel needs to be uh done at this moment uh because now we are planning a lot of infrastructure, but there is no uh actual project content created yet yeah when will that uh when will the the, the content start coming in though i'm actually Yeah. Mm, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think focusing on the metaverse and getting a head start in it is the if you have to change your plans to go into it, I think that should be done because um, you do not know how how huge it will be. But being first in and having a good grasp of it, even if you don't have a good grasp of it now, having a grasp of it first and then fine tuning it later is better than pushing all this when it launches. So, yeah. So I, I think if you since you have already started and then I would call this a pivot. Yeah, you kind of pivoted into into uh, producing and, and customizing. Uh, features for the metaverse. I think that's a great move in, in, in that direction. And it should. Yeah, of course. Interaction. Yeah. When is it? When it's right in front of you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Ya. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how they plan to execute the whole play to earn thing. Is it going to be very rudimentary? I think you said word rudimentary. Is it going to be very rough or how polished is it going to be? Because how the the how polished the first uh, version of it is going to set a uh, very uh, set a foundation. It's going to set the baseline to how far. Yeah, I mean for the others. Yeah, for the others. Correct, yeah, I totally get that. Mm. So, uh, from what I'm getting is that at the end of the day, when when you're stripped of all the the tokenomics and all that, what remains is the connection and the community that built all this in the first place. Am I getting this right? When, yeah, when no, my uh, what I'm getting is that when you eventually come down when when the bubble boy you say the bubbles burst and you know when you strip you strip everything we strip crypto away from all these things what remains at the end is the connection and the community which is what the pedi stands for at the very beginning yeah right yeah trying to get that so it kind of remains the same for the Zilliqa community as well. I mean, whether the price of the, the coins go up, the price of the coins go down, the, the community sticks together and uh, either we either like like we, we cheer or we bitch about it. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, it, it has actually toned down for a bit. I mean, just a sidetrack a little. We kind of um, uh, shifted shifted the, the fathers to the Zilliqarans group, if you've heard about it. It was actually another, it was actually another group called the Zilliqa Complaints. Um, so like a it's an offshoot. Yeah, it's called Zilliqa Complaints with a, with a baby uh, profile picture on it. But it, it was cute in a sense that um, 
uh, we, we brought everybody there to, to kind of vent and all that when it was bad. So what happens when there's nothing left to complain? So the group kind of quieted down. So it is a little bit like a, a mood so, indicator. Of and that's what I really like about <laughs> yeah. Zilliqa. I also don't like it. It's a very love-hate relationship because yeah. some say, you know, yeah. I invested in Zilliqa earlier in the year because I was like, okay, if we're going to build on Zilliqa, I want to... And it's been the worst investment of my year, you know, mm. um, uh, financially. Uh, but then at the same time, look at Pele, right? Like yeah. there was some good hype in the beginning when we launched the token and people were excited. We made that video. But then due to a combination of factors, which I only think is, you know, half our fault, not maybe probably less than half, but just because of the the bridge pools and all the ZRC2, uh, like the beginning of October, all the ZRC2s just basically crashed. And yeah. uh, it was kind of scary. Anyway, right now we have a very core group of liquidity providers. Like I, I have been doing the liquidity rewards ma manually, right, for months now. So I see, I see who's who and you know, I, you know, I, I can see who's serious and who's not serious. Um, and there's still, like a hundred thousand dollars in liquidity pool. And I know that's very small, uh, in comparison, but look what we are, you know, we're not tech people. I'm not a fucking CEO. I'm like, you know, I'm just a hippie artist guy, you know, like I just thought a cool idea. Uh, and, and, but we're building a community and the community can be visible in people like you, people that just have ideas and share them, people that come into the chat room, people that come into the Discord, people that watch these YouTube videos, and the liquidity providers. And at some stage soon, we're gonna be able to release all this functionality and we're gonna show what, it can, what can be done with content creators, and that's gonna change. At the, people, are gonna, people are gonna be looking at the Pele token differently. So I relate yep. that to Zilliqa, because it's the same thing. We see a lot of potential for something, but you don't see it being executed, and you're wondering what's going on. Basilica has just its core community of people that don't care because, like, we believe in it. And so it's the same with Pele. And so I feel like it's cool. Like, I think Pele is in the right spot for that reason. Yeah, um, even as I'm, uh, I'm just uh, floating around through the different groups that you mentioned, but whenever I come back to Pele, the, the thing that really sticks to me uh, as a concern it will be the, the the lack of content recently i mean yes uh building the infrastructure is important but for more people to come in actually buy into the project uh they need to see something you know like actual production not just the the, the nfts or the um the pelicans are not just for those because uh what does Pele, what does Pele stand for in the very first place i mean you do make content it's it's just an anti anti-censorship anti-big tube well but where no, is we don't actually yeah. make content that's not what Pele network is okay now so, so the, about enter the peliverse for example or pelicans those are projects mm -hmm. by Correct. teams inside Pele network okay so that is the project they are projects Okay. So our goal with those are to show oh, what's yeah. possible using Pele Network's tools. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I remember you said a few months ago, you're like, well, isn't Pele Network supposed to be a production, you know, video production content creation for Zillica? Uh, because that was the first thing we did, right? We did a big... Yes. We did a big, and that was fun. So, so. I thought that was a fun video. But, uh, 
N but no, really, we're just trying to showcase all these tools that people can use for different reasons. And I agree. I agree with you. We need to get more people sh using these, making content using these and showing it off. But it's been yeah. I don't want to make excuses, but there's just been so much happening and I need help. I don't have I don't have the help I need. So hopefully that's going to be changing. I've some people have been coming to me that I think could be the right mm. people to expand. But I agree with you. I, I mean, I wish I could help too, but I'm not sure in what sense I could, I could put in. I, I don't do videos. Uh, I, I don't do music production. Well, but that's sometimes the easiest part. You see, like artists need work. Filmmakers need work. Musicians. Ah, need work. Okay. You know, so Alicia, you know, Alicia, yeah. right? Yeah. In, Alicia, in right. She's making a theme song for the Pelliverse. Yes. And it's awesome. And I'm really excited that Pelly Network gets to pay her to do that because she's a talented artist. And I promise you, as talented and popular as she may be, she doesn't make enough money because artists don't make enough money in our world. <laughs> they just don't, they never do. So if, if, if anyone could come up with a good idea, and once again, the Pele portal is meant for this. You come up with an idea and you say, here's the kind of people I need to help me turn this idea into something real. And then you connect to those people. So if you have an idea for videos to show students, right? Mm. You you said you teach high schoolers? Uh, no, uh, what do you call it? Elementary? Elementary school, okay. Yeah. So say you say, hey, I have elementary school, primary school age kids, and I yeah. want to show them, we want to teach them decentralization. Uh, yes. Here are the topics in my head. If you submit that proposal, and then the idea is that you work with someone, maybe it's me, maybe it's someone else, to turn, okay. that, turn that proposal into like a pitch to say, okay, okay here, here's what it is. Then from there, then from there, especially if we can get other people in the community to say, hey, this is a good idea. Like, I don't like being the executive voice that says, okay, this is good. Let's withdraw from the liquidity pool to pay for this. But if everyone votes on it and says, hey, this is a good idea, then it's easy to find the people to make it. That's the easiest part. Those oh, are artists. Okay. They need the work. You, you know, this, this, this question that you just answered kind of just changed the way I just look at it. So you're saying that I don't actually need to have a music or video or art background in order to push a project. No, that, that's the best part. In fact, um, if, you know, if we do this PFT thing, right, all you need to be able to do is launch a little PFT pool and get it started with some Zilliqa you have in your wallet. And then from there, the network does the rest. That's the goal. Okay. This is, this is, this is new information. I know. Okay. Right. And it's really hard to communicate all this, but going back, I think if we make a little metaverse, it's the easiest way to understand what all this is. You so, just, you navigate the concept ethereally on your browser. So if I have to simplify this whole thing, give us the idea, we'll give you the output. Yeah. All right. Give us the idea and ideally, if you care about the idea, show it, stake show something it. into it. So that's another big part um, of the, that's another big what part about of the, the, of the continual uh, commitment or presence. How much presence does the, I mean, I, I mean, you can't just throw the money inside the pool. Okay. Yeah. Guys just go ahead with it and, and then just hands off. It can't be right. There so needs to be some about level of participation. Yeah, so there's different ways of doing it, right? One would be like the escrow that I told you about earlier. Okay. Another would be staking. 
So you say, hey, um, I'm staking $20,000 into the topic of decentralized education, right? Because, uh, you know, we need more content there. And so all these people, excuse me, imagine all these people are staking into that topic. And then people with gold badges that have made many videos or they're good producers or they've earned the gold badges or maybe just the silver badges, they submit a proposal to the topic and they say, hey, we want to do this. So then all the token holders that are staking into that topic can vote and say, yes, take, you can take the money. Or, or it's, a, it's a pool, a staking pool that's managed by the gold badges. And then the gold badges get to vote on taking the money out or not. So like I said, I want to make it so there's different options of governing your little community using a PFT pool. But basically, right. you could just not be involved at all. You say, here's my idea. I'm staking all this money into it. And if you stake a bunch of money into it, people are going to want it. People are going to compete to come up with the best pitch to turn your idea into a reality. And then the community of people that have put money into that can vote on it and say, okay, we want to choose this person or this team to do it. Okay, great. Uh, okay, so which brings us to the most important part. So if I put in, okay, or anyone puts in and the team puts in the effort, when does the returns come back? Come back? Yeah. So that's a good question. So there's one part of just the idea of a token that mm -hmm. ups itself in value. What we had originally wrote out in the white paper is still, I think, the most reasonable expectation is, okay, you not only have an idea, but you have a PFT pool, there's 100 you know, yeah. tokens. Uh, Correct. And then you have to have a token in order to get an NFT. You have to have a token in order to join our special VIP parties in the metaverse room. You have to have a token mm -hmm. for this, that. So then you, who staked all the tokens originally, you kept 10% of the PFTs or whatever mm -hmm. it was. You can, Correct. you know, it's yours. So you can just keep whatever you want. So then ideally the marketing that's involved. Uh, and once again, the higher the budget, the better the marketing, you're going to hype mm -hmm. up that token. Well, originally in our okay. prototype, it was called the hype token. And we changed okay. it to PFTs, <laughs> but you hype that up and then you can, it's infinite. You could do anything with those tokens. You could, you could offer them. You could say, like, Hey, if you want to be in our movie, you have to have a PFT, right? Or, Hey, if you want to join our sessions in the writing room, as we're writing the movie, you have to have a PFT, our secret okay. live streams. So the PFT will be the form of remuneration in that sense. And also the, the participation as well as, um, whatnots that's involved in that relevant project on its own. And that so, PFT can then be melted into a badge when the project's over. And the project is over. A badge for your reputation. Oh, okay, okay. When, but wouldn't they... Wait, uh, so there is an exchange for that, right? An exchange when, when for the, the, the PFTs, because you said the... the PFTs have a value, which means they can be bought and sold, right? They can so be there's swapped. actually a dex for it. Yeah. It's a swap. It's a PFT what is swap. it swap for? Swap for Pele's, right? Yeah, the PFT swap is only available through the Pele token. So in order to get any, in fact, that's what we just paid this developer in Russia, and we just forked ZillSwap, PFTSwap.com. It's exactly ZillSwap, just with our own, uh, we changed the smart contract. So you have to use Pele to make a token, and you cannot have decimal places. Other than that, uh, you can put any token on there, any token you want. 
so that's like the walled garden, which gives Pele more value, right? So if someone mm -hmm. inside the Pele network says, hey, I'm making this NFT set, we want to do this, we want to do that, people that don't have teams of developers, right? Artists that, mm -hmm. don't, that aren't able to mint a D an NFT and aren't able to do all this stuff and want to be a part of a metaverse. So they make a PFT pool, they put the swap on, and it's, and it's easy enough. And then that brings more value to the Pele token. So when you're talking mm -hmm. about return on investment, there's different levels of it, right? Like the Pele token becomes more valuable, but then the short term, your PFT pool could become more valuable. Uh, so now there's a three tier, there's now a three tier uh, um, value amplification. There is the PFT value, the Pele value, and the Zill value as well. And the Zill value, yeah. yeah. Which I don't know what we can do about that. That's kind of just going to be like that forever. Yeah, but that's cool. Whatever. You, you never know. You never know, really. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm. I'm feeling after the metaverse announcement. I'm feeling pretty good about the the Zilliqa, Zilliqa value. Yeah, I hope they. Th I didn't really like that promo video they made. In fact, like me and Tola, he's the 3D animator. Like we're so busy. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the Enter the Pelliverse 3D uh, content yet, but we're making a we're making content, man, and it's all 3D and it's really good. And in about two weeks' time, we're going to release the trailer. Uh, and it's pretty cool. It's the second in the line of trailers. And so then when we launch that, that's when we're going to put a PFT pool out there. And that's why we're going to try to raise the money we need to really make, make a pilot episode. And if we can make a pilot episode, then we could put it on Netflix or something. Who knows what we would put it. But if it's good, even if it's just on YouTube, then that's something we'd say, okay, either the original team keeps all the uh, royalties. So we put it on YouTube or all the monetization and don't get me wrong. I'm really anti YouTube and all that, but like, mm -hmm. but whatever we put it on yeah, YouTube yeah. and then the original team keeps it all or the original team writes a contract and says, we're going to share it with all the PFT holders. So anyone that has a PFT as of this date is going to get a percentage of the monetization revenue that we have now that's a bit legally complicated so i don't imagine many people would do that however um oh i lost my train of thought the other the other part of pfts and making content right is the community engagement so i could say hey um here are these cool nfts here are these cool characters here is our pft pool uh, we're going to make these project fund tokens and we're going to release more NFTs and the better our series is, which means the more money we raise, the better the series is, the more, the cooler these characters are going to be, the more valuable these NFTs could become. And then on top of that, the PFT cool PFT pool could be a DAO. So anyone that has a token can have mm -hmm. a vote and a say in what happens in that web series. And like we said earlier, they can join the writing room, the writing room sessions, all that stuff. But ideally, there is a a secondary, like an ulterior motive to wanting a PFT. Like mm -hmm. I have this NFT and I want it to be better. So I'm going to petition yeah. the writers to use my character and make him a really cool character. So he becomes more valuable and I can sell him for more. Okay, I get it. So yeah, a lot needs to be worked out. And then of course yeah. there's, there's DeFi, there's uh returns just, we can do APR stuff like you stake. Then, uh, if it's a qualified, you know, how Zill swap, you have to have 3 million Zill 
inside the pool in order to receive swap rewards. Yeah. So imagine if there's a certain amount of gold badges in a staked pool of PFTs and you automatically will re receive Pele rewards for staking mm -hmm. in that pool because you're helping quality content get made. And then ideally all the content has Pele Network logos on it, depending on where the content is released. Once again, there could be royalties there. I, I, I admit the, the return on investment for content creation is tricky. But once again, we're trying to, to, we're trying to extract the value from the interactions themselves, not from content. Okay. Sounds, I mean, so far it sounds, uh, connected. Like I can, I can actually see the flow now. I see the point now. So if, um, if I want, who are the kind of people that, uh, should introduce to Pele if they're what? What do they need to be looking for? Then I can say, okay, come to Pele, uh, and they're gonna help you out with that. Uh, anyone that needs a video made, so small business. I always mm -hmm. like to say restaurants, or <laughs> even charities. Like everyone right now has a smartphone that's yeah. probably capable of shooting high definition video. Uh, maybe not everyone in the world, everywhere, but most places. Like especially right now and almost 2022, you know, even many parts of the developing world, you know, you have a pretty decent phone with a decent camera. Uh, we have a storytelling guide on mm. Pele.network. You can follow yeah, the guide. Yeah. You can follow the guide and you can use your own phone to capture all the footage you need uh, by yourself. And then you can submit it on the Pele portal and you could get it edited for maybe free for close to nothing, right? Uh, because it's just people that, that want to work on videos with, with others. It could mm. be students. It could be people that need portfolio. It could be anyone. And they'll just, where are you getting, where are you getting this, this hands from? Oh, I find them. I can find them on freelance sites. Like I said, I used to have a big network of these people. I got to get oh, back on Facebook. I actually, after years of not being on Facebook, I reactivated my account because I have such a big network of people that need to part that want to participate in things like this. They just don't know it yet, but I'm just oh, waiting. There needs to be more stability in the network. The infrastructure needs to be more stable. The price, we need to have a little more value in there to make sure it's comfortable. Like I want to distribute more and more Pele tokens to people to participate, but mm. to do that, you got to make sure that they can swap it out in case they need money. So like if we're sending out millions of Pele tokens every week and then everyone just cashes them out, then uh, it's not good for the yeah. price. Uh, but once we have the infrastructure, I think then we can balance that out with with new investors and whatnot. Yeah, because I why why I actually had to send you that text yesterday because I kind of well, I kind of bought a few crossfaders for my mixer. I was thinking about production and live streaming and all these things, and it just hit me like how how uh, uh, Pele really might be. Uh, helping helping me to achieve this goal in the long run if i want to do something of that sense because live streaming is actually quite a bitch in um to do on you can't do it on youtube because of copyright issues twitch you can't save them so i'm not sure that uh if uh if i want to do a live stream whether there is a way to i would say proxy but uh for for the platform to allow me and help with some streaming function functionality well, 
I don't know. We're not really looking to be a distribution platform just yet. Yeah, that's, that's a lot that. of servers. It just came that costs. way. Yeah, that's expensive. However, yeah, it is. yeah, and I suck at live streaming. I always joke around about this. Like, I'm not like I have to produce the show like right now and change the screen and all that, and I'm not very good at it. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean you can't use Pally Network to help you plan something or get content yeah. prepared for a live stream. What do you want to live stream, Roy? Uh, no, it's just some practice sessions. Huh. Yeah, for for my for my DJing and stuff. What kind of? Because the, the markets have not been moving pretty much, uh, not been pretty. So, I thought of taking a break of trading. You, you can't you can't trade all day and just trying to get money. But you, you need to enjoy. I, I find that I have not been uh, present enough for my family and also for myself because I've been so into to trading. I mean, I love trading. Yeah. I, I love trading, but it <laughs> it's wrong. It's wrong to to center your life around trading when what is the purpose? You wanna you wanna make money. You wanna make it, but at the end of it, what is it for? It's for people around you. It's for yourself. For me, it's for myself first, and also for my family around me. And the very thing that I want to earn the money for, the very people, I'm not spending time with them already. So I think I'm doing this wrongly. So yeah, I, I want to. I want to do it. I'm doing. I want to do it right in 2022. Spend less time trading. Uh, less time. I mean, sufficient time on the community still, but I need to be there, present. Yeah. This is where. Uh, yeah, this is where the inspiration came from for Pele Network. Is me. Oh, I'm is like, it? I just want to be an artist. I just want to make music, and I just want to relax. Like, I mean, relax. I said, like, I can work on music like a full time job if I wanted to make videos like a yeah. full-time job. And I, that's all I really want to do. If people were on the Pele portal every day, submitting video footage, I would love to edit them. That's you know? lovely, yeah. And that's why I want, I want this network to be on its ground by itself. So then I could just do that all day and I can, you know, the Pele token gets more value and I can make some money and I can receive Pele tokens from people and I can just do that all day. <laughs> I could easily do that. But uh, it's hard when you got to pay the bills and all that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but yeah, if we, you know, the creator economy is doing it anyway, but to be able to empower everyday artists to make work and make a livelihood by doing what they love and helping other people in the process, I think it's just a good mm -hmm. thing for the world. Do you do any mm -hmm. grid trading? What is grid trading? grid i don't know what it stands for but it's where like you make a grid uh it's so say the price of a token is here and then uh you have this you have a grid you have a step so you do like what every one percent there's a level where your grid your bot will sell uh at that level and then going oh, down bot. No, no, I, I don't do bots yeah oh you don't do any bots okay. yeah i don't do any bots it's it's, it's purely I look, I feel, I do it. <laughs> That's how it starts. And then you'll evolve into the bots soon. And I found that the bots are much more lucrative because uh, you realize your gains more often. Like when I'm just holding on to things because I believe in the projects like Zillica or whatever, I just watch them go down and down and down. When the bots, they'll actually profit off the volatility. And it's smaller yeah. gains. It's smaller gains, but, you know, 2% every day adds up yeah, yeah i understand 
even though I used to be all about like 200, 300% gains, like not going to sell. No, no, you just got to take it slow and understand yeah. that you accumulate. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll talk about one day regarding, regarding the bots. Yeah. I, yeah, because I, my, my setup isn't really so much about for bots. Most of my devices are just mainly for, for work and then, yeah, they're not high performing. Well, the bots are just a service. You don't have to run the bots. You just pay. Oh, for you mean they, they're actually off? They're off the computer. They're not on your. No, your in fact, I earlier this year I bought a Raspberry <laughs> Pi just so I could set up trading bots. Oh, um, nice! And then I learned for you know, fifty dollars a year, hundred dollars a year, I could just pay a service, and then they do it all, and I just set it up. So, oh, you mean even on the Zilliqa network? Uh, yeah, I have. A, I no, I don't run a Zilliqa bot. There's not enough volatility. It's not used uh, enough, but uh, on Bitrex, there's a Zill USD pair, so I could set one up if I wanted, but okay. yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for joining me, Roy. I, we've been talking a long time. Thanks for having me as well. I mean, I, I've learned, uh, I, I've got a lot more than I expected, as usual, because I've always wanted every conversation with you to be, to, for me to learn more, and, and I want to know more how I could actually help the project ever since I heard, heard about it on Zillhive. I think it is interesting. It is not like the rest. And yeah, and it still is still not like the rest. Um, but um, let's try and push more value into it and, and getting to um, familiarize the community with what Pelly really does and how they can actually make use of it. I agree. Yeah. yeah. And that's, uh, I guess, just to finish the weekly update. Mm. Mm. Correct. Yeah. Mm But I think it's important that you we need to start to know what we're doing. I mean, as much as technical wise speaking, uh, we we can concede that we are not very familiar. But it's important that we need to show confidence and uh, uh, at least we need to know a road that we want to take in order to curb the unfamiliarity, so that people and investors or project. Uh, content uh, right, project owners will want to come in and use the service. I mean, we can't come in saying that oh, we're not very sure. You know, yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's oh, not very, it's not very nice. But yeah, I think I think moving forward, we need to we need to level up in that sense, like, Yeah, to make sure that um, we are we may not know, but we will keep learning and we will keep asking around and we'll keep we developing. Yeah, that's you know, right. The whole the whole way through, we'll never stop. You know, I've been yeah. working on this for years and I'll never And stop. I'm still trying to understand what you guys are doing and how I can actually use, or if I can't use it, um, who can I pull over and who do I recommend and what is this platform for? I think these are the questions that I've been actually asking since the very start, if I could be honest, and I could never place a finger on it. I think today is the day where I actually understand why and when I should go on the Pelly Network, click and what to do. I think that that is what I got out today. And I've been, yeah. I'm glad to hear that. I've been working really hard to find a, 
a co-founder, really, a pr someone that can help me communicate it all. And I may not have found that yet, but I have found someone that can help me make documentation and help mm. me plan little videos just to explain. Like what we really will start doing in January, February, March is just making lots of content of showing yeah. how Pele works and how you can yeah. use Pele. And then later in like March, April, May, we'll start introducing creators and projects. And I think next year is going to be really fun. This year <laughs> was a lot of building. And like I said, I don't know, but mm -hmm. I, we're, we're building, we're moving forward. And I, I know what we're building and I know it can work. Uh, I just don't know what it will look like. Right. And if, uh, you, yeah, would have, we'll if you would have asked that, me a year ago, yeah. would you be selling NFTs and making a metaverse? I would say, what the fuck? Yeah, but even the metaverse came as came as a came as a surprise to me. Yeah, yeah. it came out of nowhere, right? <laughs> it's so fast. Yes. Well, cool, Roy. Yeah, so, thank no you. Problem. Uh, I'll I'll spread the word, and I will also keep asking, <laughs> keep talking, and uh, I'll drop by the platform again and see what if I have something I can jig around with. Yeah, like. Me and Jonathan have been talking about this and because he submitted his music project. I'm going to submit my music project, but we really just need to populate the Pele portal with many projects so people can get an idea. And mm -hmm. I just have not had time. Like, I'm just like, yeah, I know. so much to do. So family. Do. Yeah, I hope, hope the family, the whole the family gathering was, uh, went well. And, you know, your wife's birthday, everything went great. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, the holidays are busy, but... It's always busy. That's the thing. And like you said, sometimes I wish I was more present with my family and I, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. Like in the last couple of weeks, I just admitted to myself, like, look, Pele Network will evolve as it's meant to evolve in its own time. And, you know, I'll keep working hard. You know, I'm someone that works. I'm not lazy. I, I like to work. I like doing things, but I really need to make sure I'm present with my family. And yeah. if, if you're not present with your family, then what's the point? You know, you yeah, said. let's let's just find that balance soon as, as soon as we can. Yeah. I, and I think the project will eventually it will rub off. The balance will rub off the project. Yeah, it will rub off. And, and you will find that it will be uh, and the ideas will flow and things will, will be smoother thereafter. Same for me. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks. Anything else you want to say before we sign off? Uh, yeah, uh, by Mozilla. It's going to go up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Have a good, okay. have a good night. Hey, okay. good night. See ya.